Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. Hello and a really warm welcome back to this week's episode of Your Dream Business Podcast. How are you doing? So As we have been doing recently, we have another interview and I've been interviewing, and I don't know if I've said this actually during every interview, but everyone I'm interviewing at the moment is actually, they're actually members of the club or executive club. And I haven't picked them because they're members of executive club or club. I've picked them because they're really flipping good at what they do and they know their stuff really well because I wouldn't have them on if I didn't think you would get some benefit from it and you wouldn't find it useful. So today I have the lovely Sarah. Sarah is, now this is where I try and read and I hate reading, she's a freelance Google ad consultant and the founder of the Online Retail Academy. She teaches retailers how to run Google shopping ads and supports them in all aspects of growing their online store. Sarah has previously built a six-figure e-commerce company and loves passing on the knowledge that she gained in her business to other business owners to them to do the same. And after speaking to Sarah many, 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 many times, she often talks about the fact that she made all the mistakes so no one else has to. So today we are going to be talking all about Google ads and Google shopping and all of that good stuff, which if you're sat there thinking, yeah, this might not be for me, I would just stick around and listen because I found it fascinating and it's just really interesting, that whole side of the ad side. So we will crack on. Sarah, Sarah, see, I've started off, I called you Sarah. I never called you Sarah, you're Sarah. Like this is, I, I was blaming Sarah before the interview and I was like, you know, if we mess up, we'll just carry on and I'm the one to mess up. So there we go. She can relax. I've messed up. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Teresa. You could have like just said my name wrong just to like get me back. But I thought about it. I'm sorry about that. I don't know why I suddenly went into funny mode. You know, I have a sister called Sarah, don't you? So, and also we have two, we have a Sarah and a Sarah in the club and both of them spell their name the same. So, Mm. and, and for a long while I kept mixing up which one I would say what to anyway, anyway, anyway. So Sarah, let's start off by you explaining how you got to do what you do today. 
Oh, that's a long story. I'll give you the brief story. It was starting my online my online shop back in 2004-2005 where I kind of suddenly thought, "Oh, I've built a wonderful website and now I need to get people to the website." And it was the kind of wild west of Google Ads back then. So I kind of played with Google Ads and did some and it worked and it sent traffic to my website and I used it on and off for that business for quite a few years. But then kind of fast forward to 2016, I ended up completely switching and closing down the e-commerce business and doing the Google ad side of it full time because it kind of, it was lighting me up more mm-hmm. than the other, than my other business. So, and I've been doing so, that ever since. Yeah. What did you do before your e-commerce? Were you in any kind of marketing or anything like that? No, <laughs> I was a stay-at-home mum for well, nineteen ninety-one. I think I gave up work to have my first. Before that, I was in accounting, so I am actually a qualified accountant as well for my sin. Okay, but, yeah, which has stood me in very good stead. I have to say, every business owner should learn at least the very basics of bookkeeping and accounting because it's yeah. Yeah, but that yeah, nothing, nothing sexy like marketing or anything like that. I have to learn so all of that. That's really fascinating. What made you decide that you needed more than just putting a website up there? Because I interviewed Suze a couple of weeks back. Well, I didn't. I interviewed her today because we're actually batching. But if you're listening to this, then she would have been quite a few weeks back. And she and I told the like we laughed at the story of her putting up her website and then being devastated that she wasn't a millionaire within a week. And, and, and the truth is most people and most business owners will do that. They will think, oh, I've got a Facebook page. Why aren't customers Mm -hmm. flocking to me? I think that is incredible insight, smartness. I don't know what the word is to, to actually go, this isn't enough. I need more. I'm going to learn Google ads. That's, do you know what? I've never thought about it like that. I just took it as I, well, I've always been really good at thinking what, like trying to figure out what I need to do and then going off and and researching and learning what I need to do. So of course, when I built the website and I had all my stock and it was all lovely and, and I was just like, well, nobody's going to find it. I did SEO, which back then that's a whole different story. But so I guess I, I must have just probably been researching and thought, oh, this Google Ads thing, that that should work and just gave it a go. It's right. it's it's a really good question actually. But and and like I said, it's not yeah, it, it's not something I've ever seen someone do. And especially, no disrespect, back then, you know, because mm. that was some time ago. And and Google ads at that point were probably nothing like they are today. Oh. So why Tell us what your e-commerce shop was first. Okay, so it started off. Oh, it had many sort of versions as it as it evolved, but it ended up being DIY favors, wedding favors. So boxes, sugared almonds, ribbons, flowers, all oh, loads of stuff, table decorations, and bespoke wedding stationery as well, which was kind of a second side of it. And that's that's what the that's what grew, and that's what yeah, that's what ended up being the big one. It was lovely. I loved it. I loved it until I didn't. I was going to say, and then you decided that you don't want to do this anymore. You want to teach it. So you have had your online business for uh, quite a few years then now. Yes. How many years? 
How so, many years have you done this teaching element? This teaching element since 2021. Okay. So about okay. two and a half years because it was in the start of 2021. Yeah. Okay. And explain to us what, what's the main thing that you teach and help business owners with? So the main thing that I teach is the Google shopping side of things, because I think a lot of people struggle to just get their head around it and they're very intimidated by it. And I don't think, and, and it's, it's, yes, it's, it is, it can be complicated, but it's not something that's impossible for just normal people like you and me to do. Like mm -hmm. the fact that I can do it proves that. Um, and so that's the main thing that I teach that the membership itself kind of, we teach other stuff because I have other people coming in to teach other stuff in the membership, yeah. but that's what, that's my kind of main focus. Cause that's where my knowledge is. Plus a little bit of the, obviously the, the e-commerce in general side of it mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And I think the reason I wanted you on is because there's, I do have e-commerce people in my world and I'm sure that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm not e-commerce, you probably know an e-commerce business. Well, and I think it's one that a lot of people go into because especially kind of from the handmade or the homemade side kind of thing, selling something that they've made, selling a physical product. And we kind of hope, well, I guess lots of people go into it because someone says, that's amazing. You should sell that. And then yeah. they go into it, they create this thing and then they realize the selling element of it or getting people to your website or getting people to commit and buy is the hard bit. So if it, well, first off, if you're listening to this and you know someone who's e-commerce, then definitely direct them to this episode of the podcast. So explain to people exactly what the Google shopping bit is. So if you go and search for something for a product on Google, so say you're looking for running shoes or something like that. I don't know why I always use that example because I'm not a runner. I should I should search for lounge trousers or something. Or yeah. pants. <laughs> that would be more my scene. So if you go and search Google for any product-based search, you will notice, usually across the top, but sometimes down the right-hand side, mm -hmm. you'll notice like the product ads, the product images with the price and a link. Those are the Google, those are shopping ads and people have paid to put their products across the top or down the side in the Google search results. So that's essentially what it is. It's just basically your product information, the image, the price, the type, that you know, the name of the product on Google on Google's search results. And those are the shopping ads. And those ones across the top, because I know them well, like, you know, I often search stuff. In fact, the most recent thing was yesterday and it was a dehydrator, you know, to dehydrate all my tomatoes that I've grown over the summer. Are all of those across the top sponsored or have they paid to be in that position? Every yes. single one of them? Yes, every single one. Okay. On the homepage, yeah, there there are free product listings, shopping. I won't call them shopping ads because they're not ads. There are free shopping listings, which you can, if you have it all set up, you don't have to pay. You can still show. But that is, if you notice at the top of the search results, you'll have like little tabs which say images, and there's one that says shopping. Yes. If you click yeah. on that, the ones at the very top again are paid for. I think it says sponsored, so it'll say somewhere on there that they're sponsored. But then the ones down further down the page, they're free. Nobody's paid to put those there. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of all the same process of setting all of that up. But on the main homepage of Google, when you search all of the ads there, they're paying to go there. But they only pay when you click on the ad. It's not like Facebook where you just pay to put yourself to put it in front of somebody. You 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 only pay when they actually somebody clicks on your product ad and comes through to your website. 
So actually, I'm super glad you brought up Facebook because one of the things that, uh, and I said before on another podcast that I did the Google Ads exams years ago, right? Because I had a client that I worked with when we had the agency, I had a client and they came to me and said, do you do Google Ads? I'd like you to, I want to think about bringing them to you. They were using a Google Ads specialist. So I started researching how to do Google Ads and I started doing the exams. So I thought, oh, maybe this is another service I can offer. And they were the Google exams in order for you to become like Google partner, which I wouldn't have got because you have to have so much money, revenue coming in through the ad anyway. And I did them and I literally had no idea how I passed them. And then he got me to run a test against this Google Ads company and I got better results and I have no idea how I did it right. So I then decided this isn't for me and I didn't offer it and I gave it away. And I think when people think about ads, the way Facebook is set up and designed, it's trying to make it, and we had Michelle on the podcast as well, talking about Facebook ads, but they tried to make it as kind of, you know, easy and as accessible as possible. Whereas I think when businesses look at Google ads and especially retail businesses, they think, and I'm assuming for them, but I think they think that there's no way they could get to the top of Google and they can't afford those ads. And those ads are way too technical and way too difficult. So what would you say to someone who's listening to this thinking, yeah, it's all well and good. You're an expert. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it it is, it is a myth that it, it it is an auction at the end of the day, it's an auction. So that you're bidding to, to be in whatever slot you want to be in. So the person Mm -hmm. that ends up in the top is not necessarily the one that pays the most. They'll be the one that's, got the best product information that the most relevant information to the what the person is searching for so you can compete with big companies if you know what you're doing and you do it right and you you know you have everything set up properly you can compete and even the like the most tech phobic retailers have gone through and managed to set up their own shopping campaigns and run them and have profitable campaigns set up. So it is definitely doable by everybody. It is, I feel it can be an even, like a level playing field if you know what you're doing. Okay. So yes, you are paying to show your ads at the top. And, you know, obviously the best spot is that one on the far left. But just because somebody else has a £5,000 a month budget and you have a £5 a month budget does not mean that you can't show your ads on that homepage of Google. If you're set up right, if you've optimized everything properly and you know what you're doing, then you definitely can. And yes, it can feel really intimidating. And there is a, there is some sort of tech setup to do, mm-hmm. but I've got people in my membership who are, you know, they hate all that stuff, but they have managed to do it. And just, it's a case of step-by-step following you know, following on step by step and mm-hmm. doing each step as you go. And it's, you know, they're fine and they do it. And so I would 100% say everybody can do it and don't be scared to have a go. Okay. So, a couple of questions then. If someone wants to set up Google Ads, shopping ads, do they need a website? Probably a stupid question. Yes, they do. But what kind of website can they have? Kind of the off the shelf ones? Is there certain. Is there a certain level that you need to have before even looking at these? It just needs to be a functioning like online cart. So obviously okay. for a lot of people, it'll be something like Shopify because that's really easy to set up and it's, it's you can do it yourself. So that's mm-hmm. really simple. So any any of those online platforms, you know, even 
Wix. I mean, I my preferred one is Shopify just because it's easy to integrate with everything else and it's easy yes. to set up. But yeah, you basically just need a an online checkout, a secure online checkout. So okay. people need to be able to obviously go all the way through and you need to have all the the things you would have in place anyway if you are wanting to sell online. You'd have to have all of the privacy policies and the cookie notices and terms and conditions and yeah. you know SSL certificates, which obviously Shopify takes care of that anyway. So, and you also, people need, need to be able to see the price before without logging in. So things like wholesale websites don't really yes. work because usually with trade or wholesale websites, you have to log in to see the prices. You couldn't use Google Shopping for a website like that. Okay. But most retailers, obviously that's not a problem. So no. So yeah, and that's what you need. What kind of budget would they have to look at? And I know, I know this is going to be like, you know, or give me a clue type thing, but you know, so when I had Michelle on, she talked about Facebook ads. She was sort of saying, you know, £10 minimum a day, really. So what are you kind of looking at? What kind of budget over what kind of like the time if you're getting started? If you're getting started. So there isn't really a minimum budget. I okay. mean, you can put £5 a day on if you want to. The The only thing I would say is obviously the smaller your budget, the longer it takes for data and information to start coming into the ads about who's clicking and what they're doing so that you can then optimize things and improve things. So 100% you can start with £5 a day. I would, if I was doing it, you know, if I was sort of setting up an online shop and I were doing it, I would say that if you can spend sort of 500 to a £1,000 a month mm -hmm. it just means you're going to get the results quicker and you're going to be able to see what's working, what's not faster and the fa obviously the faster you can do that then the the more you can yeah kind of optimize it as you move forward but you know if i i appreciate that lots of people don't have 500 quid in their back pocket to just mm -hmm. throw at some ads that let's be honest they might not necessarily believe will work yeah so yeah five five pounds a day ten pounds a day is absolutely fine to get you started obviously the theory would be once you start seeing sales and you start seeing a return yeah then you'd want to put more money in anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because if you're putting a pound in a machine and two pounds coming out, yep. you'll keep finding a pound and putting it in, won't you? Yeah. So there are a few notable differences between this and Facebook ads, which I think people, small business owners, e-commerce owners are much more familiar with and probably see that less as a, like that. if you said to them, which one would you rather do or which one do you think you'll do? Mm. Facebook or Google, they'd probably say Facebook. But the yeah. thing, and I want you to kind of go into what the the differences are, but one of the main things for me, and I think it's worth pointing out, is when you're on Facebook, when you're serving ads on Facebook, you are looking for people who might like the thing you sell or might be interested in the thing you sell or might have looked at your website or might have looked. And unless you're a huge company with a huge budget where you can literally do remarketing ads to certain products, i.e. I go and look at a dress on Scamp and Dude. I mean, I don't know if they do do this actually. And then I go to Facebook and they serve that same dress to me. Unless you can do that and you mm. need a big budget and also you need a lot of traffic for that. You are kind of hoping that you're hitting people at the right time. Whereas when you are Google shopping, like me looking for my dehydrator, I am looking to buy a dehydrator. I am in yep. the market because I wouldn't be Googling 
dehydrate it if I wasn't. So that is one of the biggest difference. And I think probably the, one mm -hmm. of the strongest points. So what other difference do you see as to why you might want to look at Google instead of Facebook ads? That, that is the main reason. It's that intent behind somebody actually searching for something on Google. Yes, you've got a massive audience available to you on Facebook, that, but on, on Google, you are limited. You know, if, if there's only a thousand people a month looking for a dehumidifier, no, dehydrator. Dehydrator. And there's only so many times you can show that ad. But I mean, I personally, I find, how I feel that I have a lot more control when it comes to Google shopping mm -hmm. because I can choose not to show an ad if somebody searches for a cheap dehydrator. I can say, I don't want to show my ad to somebody who searches for a cheap dehydrator because I don't sell cheap dehydrators, so it's a yeah. way. So I, but this is this is me. Obviously, I I can do Facebook ads, but I'm not. That's not my wheelhouse. So I I feel that you do have more control. Whereas on Facebook, it's literally here's my money. Facebook, these are yeah. the kind of people I want to show to. Just do your thing. So that's a reason. That that that's another big reason that I I like Google Shopping because you have that much more control and you yeah. can you can kind of rein it back and you can stop yourself from showing for really, really broad generic terms, like just dehydrator, mm -hmm. which is actually quite a generic term. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't you can mean say, no, I don't if somebody just searches dehydrator, they might be searching for anything. They might be just thinking, oh well, what is it? Like yeah. how do they work? Whatever. And I can say, no, I, I don't want to show my ad if somebody just searches for dehydrator. I want to search to show an ad when they search for, I don't know, brands of dehydrator. But well, the XYZ. one I was looking at is Excalibur. <laughs> and if they search for Excalibur dehydrator, then I want to show them an ad because that's what I'm selling or, you know, dehydrator for sale or dehydrator online. Do you I'm know, showing just a more different side <laughs> of myself. What I do in the evenings and on the weekends. The very 90s a dehydrator. You realise that, don't you? It was all the rage in the 90s, dehydrator. See, <laughs> see, this is the thing. I think my whole homesteading thing like, is, was all in the rage years and years ago because they had no choice and they had to. Whereas now we just do it as a hobby. <laughs> what, well, that was the other thing I was going to say. What was I going to say? What was I going to say? It's just gone out of my head about another reason why Facebook and Google ads are completely different. I love the point you said, and it's hopefully going to come to me as I'm rambling on. I love the point you said about showing up for, I don't want to show up for that mm. because that's really important. Years and years and years ago, when we had the agency, we ran a f Facebook ad campaign for an immigration company talking about, and they were basically a big law firm that bought across, like, so if someone wanted to bring across a CEO from another country, they did all of that for them. So they were kind of like a high end thing. And of course we just, focused on the words immigration and that's the thing. Well, you can imagine mm -hmm. some of the conversation that came up. It was not good. My point about Google Ads is not coming back to me. So if in case it does come back, I'll come back to it. But what do you see then as kind of the problems? Oh, that was what I was going to say. See, it comes eventually. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is that on Facebook ads, it's quite rare that you are serving an ad to get an immediate return on a, yeah. on a sale, you know, so obviously for someone like me in my business, I would do ads on Facebook just for awareness. I wouldn't expect to put up an ad for one-to-one -one and suddenly get someone sign up for one-to-one -one work yeah. with me. However, with Google shopping ads, that is the return you're looking for, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. You are looking for 
those people that are, well, talk funnels, that are right at the bottom of that funnel. They've done all their research, hopefully. They've done all their looking around and price comparisons or model comparisons and all that kind of stuff. And you're you're looking for those people that are ready to buy. And that's why it's so powerful, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, hugely. Um, So what mistakes do you see? Because obviously from a consumer point of view, I Google (laughs) scalper dehydrators, ridiculous. And like, there's a load of options. And I wonder now what is making me click on one as opposed to another one. So what kind of things do you see that some of the mistakes that those people are making? Okay. So one of the biggest mistakes I think people make is not actually thinking about the the quality of the data that they're giving to Google. And so you'll hear people talking about feed optimization and product feed optimization and all this kind of stuff, which everybody kind of rolls their eyes and goes, I don't even know what that is. It's essentially think like like your your dehydrator. I'm sure it influenced you initially when you're looking and you're just seeing the pictures. Yeah. Like what picture are you showing and how does that picture compare with the pictures that everybody else is showing? Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. And I mean, all right, with a dehydrator, if you're looking at a specific model, it might not be quite as relevant. But if you're selling homewares or clothing or shoes yeah. or jewellery, you know, it matters what image you are showing. And a lot of people just kind of default to their standard, their main image on the product page and don't think of any further of it. It's things like your product titles. You know, your product titles need to match what people are actually searching for, not what the product is necessarily called, which I know that sounds a bit strange. But so give with me an Google example. Shop, so with Google, so I've got a really good example I've done in a little video that I've got. I found this product called, what was it called? Rudolph, Rudolph the Reindeer or something. And it was a, it was a sweatshirt, but the product title was something like, you know, go Rudolph because it was a reindeer Rudolph yeah, sweatshirt. Helpful. So like, there's nothing in the title that tells Google, because Google's not, I mean, it's quite clever, but it's not that clever. There's nothing in that product title that tells Google that that is a grey sweatshirt with a reindeer on it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm searching for a grey sweatshirt, grey reindeer sweatshirt, and the product title doesn't say grey reindeer sweatshirt, try saying that 10 times. Easy for you to say. It's not going to show up when you want it to. Yeah. And so... I think that's a biggie that people, I, don't, I, I think a lot of people don't appreciate how much difference that can make to actually sit back and think and do the research about how do actually, how do people search and what, what phrases do they use? Because those are the terms that you want to include in your product information, not necessarily what's yeah. on your website. Because you can have different information in Google Shopping ads than you have on your website. Uh, okay. Another big one, which we've touched on already, is the fact that People don't add what we call negative keywords. You can add a word and say, I don't want to show up for that word or I don't want to show up for that phrase. And that is a massive, that can save loads of money, actually, Mm -hmm. loads of wasted money. And that's something that maybe people who aren't aware of how important that is maybe don't do that often enough. So that's a big one. I think another big mistake or something that we blame, and this, this applies to Facebook as well, actually, we set up ads, they don't work how we want them to, and then we blame the ads. Yeah. It's not necessary. All the ads can do is send the traffic to your website. Your website is the thing that actually has to get them over the line and get them to buy your product. Mm-hmm. So you can do all the optimization you like in your shopping ads, but if your website can't convert people, 
or it's too slow, or the product pages are just kind of meh and, and aren't exciting and don't get people excited about your product, they're not going to buy. So a lot of you need to think about what's happening after they click the ad and get to the product page. And also it's that whole, you know, how many most conversion rates on websites are what, one to two percent? Yeah. Which means for every hundred people that arrive, only one or two will buy. So a lot of people will add to their cart and people will start the checkout, but the doorbell rings or the baby starts crying mm-hmm. and they stop. So you have to have the mechanisms in place to recover those, the abandoned cart series emails, like your remarketing, which can be on Facebook or Google. Yeah. And so it, it doesn't just stop with the ads. You ha- kind of have to think of it as a whole like ecoverse, isn't it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your ads, you've got your website, you've got to work on improving your website. You've got to work on making sure that you get people on your mailing list as well. You know, do you have something that will entice them to join your list? Because then you can email them. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think people tend to think of it in isolation. Like it's just Google shopping and I'm running this and, oh, it's not working. Oh, it's Google shopping. It's rubbish. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's more than that. It's, It's thinking about the whole process and the whole journey people take from those ads to the website, onto your email list. Because people can take months to convert, can't they? Yeah. And I think there are so many people out there who might look at this and think, oh my God, that sounds like a lot of stuff. And it is. We're not Mm. pretending it's not. We're not saying it's easy. It's not impossible though. And and the people and the businesses that you might be looking up to and thinking, well, you know, like I said about Scamp and Dude earlier and I'm wearing a Scamp and Dude dress. Well, they suddenly have got massive Right. So they are everywhere, which means I need to move on and find new clothes from someone else. Right. <laughs> but they have, they suddenly went from one shop and some social media to three shops to running ads all the time to doing all those things. But the truth is, they are doing all those things. So if you're looking, thinking, oh, I want to be the next scamp and dude, or I want to be the next, I don't know, making whatever up, Pandora or whatever it's for jewelry, like the, the chances are, one, they started somewhere, but they are doing these things. And yeah. probably what happens in the early days is you learn how to do them yourself and you end up doing them all. And then as things move on, that's when you're able to bring people in, when you're yeah. you know, looking at that money coming in. And that's where you need someone like Sarah. And one thing, so when Sarah was on a call with us once and I said to her, I think you need to rebrand, right? <laughs> you know, just throw that bit of advice out there, right? Not like, you know, make this tweak, like actually your whole branding, let's change it. And because it isn't, and although we're talking about Google ads and, and Google shopping ads, the truth is exactly what Sarah said. This isn't a standalone thing. You can't just do nothing in business. Yeah. No one thing is the magic formula not one single thing. There is no trick, no kind of just click that button there and suddenly your world's going to be amazing. It all has to fit in with, like you said, this ecosystem. So what Sarah does is for e-commerce businesses, so physical product businesses, is teach them that that kind of ecosystem. And so that when they do, like you said, cart abandonment emails, who's had an email from like, I can't even think who I had mine from recently, but saying, oh, look, you left this in your bag. Like, I've had that a number mm. of times, which then, like you said, if you've genuinely forgotten, you might go back and go, yeah, okay. I had a Google shopping ad the other day. I wanted some some cycling shorts. <laughs> don't worry, people. I don't walk around with cycling shorts on, but sometimes they're very handy for the house. 
Anyway, <laughs> I feel like I'm really am divulging too much now. <laughs> but I literally Googled exactly what I wanted. Jersey. I don't want like cycling shorts. That wasn't what I was looking for. I was looking for Jersey cycling shorts in black in a certain size. Women's. Mm. That's what I was looking for. I did that. I moved across the shopping. I found the cheapest one, clicked on it. I think it was like Boho or something. And it wouldn't be somewhere I'm normally buying from. However, they're literally just cycling shorts, which I'm going to chuck on under something or wear around the garden or whatever it is. So I really, there was no brand loyalty needed there. So I literally went along, clicked, yeah, fine, great. But I was really specific about what I wanted. And I guess that's one of the the key elements of doing things like Google Shopping mm. ads. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is, it, it is literally show. It's it's like, it's like, well, it is walking, it is like walking down a high street and, and you're walking down the high street. Somebody's walking down the high street going, oh, I'm looking for black cycling shorts. Anybody got any black cycling shorts? And you're literally coming out of your shop, waving them, going over here, over here. <laughs> like that's, that's Google shopping, isn't it? Really? I love that idea. Uh, that's how I would um, shop. I would like that. <laughs> like that would be amazing when it's walk down the high street and everybody come yeah. out mark. But it says we've got your knickers. Yeah, yeah, and and that's why it, well, that's why it's so good, isn't it? And FYI, I do want to say I honestly think that running an e-commerce business, and I'm sure people will push back on this. I think it's the hardest business to run is an e-commerce business, honest, hands down, in my opinion, because you have got to do like there's so much that mm -hmm. you have to do. There's fulfillment, there's stock control, there's <laughs> there's the web doing the website, doing the ads, doing everything, customer service. Yeah. Yeah, hats off to all e-commerce business owners because it's hundred percent. No, and I joke. One of our exec club members has a physical bricks and mortar store and is e-commerce, yeah. but has a, a store as well. And what's kind of crazily ironic about this amazing woman is that she comes on a call. She's had her business for like was it like fifteen years or something? Even more than that, years. twenty years. Twenty. And she came on a call the other day, and she just she said actually something along lines of you know, I hear all you lot talking and I just feel like, you know, I'm not a real business. And all of us were like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> actually, out of all of us, you are the most real business. And I said that with love and included myself with that. I wasn't trying to, you know, upset anybody else in the group, but she had a physical building with physical yeah. stock and a ton of it, right? A ton of stock in there. I'm like, I wouldn't have your business for all the tea in China like no way man like yeah. uh, you know that is a tough business so you're right it is hard because it's not just and I think this is the thing and like I said we're really not trying to put you off your help your savior is here that is Sarah if you have an e-commerce business go and find her and we'll make sure she's linked up to everything in the show notes but go and find her because she's the one who can help you run it. But you are going to have to learn these things. You are going to have to work out of this. You might have to spend a bit of money out, which I know sometimes with an e-commerce business might feel, for a business like mine that is my brain, spending money on me and my learning is like second like second nature. I'll do it any day of the week. As an e-commerce, I don't know. You, you know. you know better than I do, Sarah. Do you feel like if you're going to pay any money out, it needs to be on product or... Well, to a certain, but um, yes, because, and what the difference about e-commerce as well, of course, is that you have probably, I'd say at least hundreds, probably thousands of pounds worth of, and of, of money sitting on a shelf in stock. Yeah. So very often there's, there's that additional, so like you, you and I, obviously we, we teach 
yeah, and create I mean, I our own ads, things ads clients as well so when i when when money comes in i'm not having to kind of literally put that on a shelf and say i can't spend that because that's mm. sitting on a shelf but for e-commerce businesses that is the case so there's that whole whole extra thing of cash flow management and what kind of stuff which is just mm. insane but yes it can feel because you've always i think it's always in the back of your head that oh well Christmas is coming. I'm going to need to get more stock in for this, or so. So you're, or you're always having to think ahead mm. of like what you're going to have to, and you know, VAT and all that kind of stuff. So there is that extra element for sure that's going to make it harder. Yeah. So yeah. So obviously, as you've said, you know, when you do get cash in, you don't always necessarily think, oh, I know, I'm just going to get a course, or I'm just going to do some personal development because you are thinking, I need that product, or I need to spending it more of this or whatever, but. But the 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 like my, most businesses, the success and the failure of those businesses relies on you selling stuff. But it, even more so with an e-commerce business, because with my business, it hasn't. Yes, it's cost me money to create the things that I create. I pay for systems, I pay for team, and all of that sort of stuff. But I, it's not like if tomorrow I had to shut it down. Basically, everything stops. I could stop everything tomorrow. I could cancel all the things. I could, you know, and and I could effectively finish not owing a ton of money. Whereas mm. if you've got a whole lot of stock, you need to get that stock sold. So I totally hear you. Totally, totally hear you. Also, listeners, I just want to say that we have had a few tech issues. So if there's a few moments where you're like, on, that sounds a bit jumpy or, you know, that doesn't quite sound right. That's because we've been battling with the internet and I'm hoping it doesn't sound like the weirdest episode ever. But, you know, it is what it is. And you're in rural Wales, Zara. Yeah, I think that's it's my end that's causing the problem. But yes, <laughs> so you know, like that's number one of having an e-commerce business. Make sure you've got the internet. You can't do any of it. So, Sarah, thank you so so much for being on. I really really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, even if you're not an e-commerce business, I think you probably know an e-commerce business. So do go and share it with them. And in case you ever want to go into an e-commerce business. Quite honestly, I'm not sure it tempts me, but you know, you never know. Sarah, where can people come and find you and find out more? So it's probably best to go to my website, which is onlineretailacademy.com or over on Instagram, which is the underscore online retail academy. Awesome. And so you can either message me on Instagram. I'm not great on Instagram. So if I don't answer straight away, please, please don't hold it against me. Please bear um, with her. <laughs> But yeah, you can you can go to the website as well. And- awesome. Thank you, Sarah. That's amazing. I really appreciate you being on. That was an awesome episode. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. My pleasure. Okay, so we are going to leave it there. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I will be back next week. Like I said, sorry if there's any kind of slight oddness sounding. That is the joys of tech and doing these sort of things. We can't always control that. Also, if you really enjoyed today's podcast episode, I would really appreciate it if you would go and share it on your social media, share it with someone who has an e-commerce business and go and give Sarah a bit of love online. That would be amazing. I will see you next week with another episode. Take care.